All right. Mario. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Awesome. Really good. So uh, we got our new podcast studio here, rocking. Super excited about it. Me too. Um, my name is Mario Milanovic, and uh, this is Stefan Katanic. Hello, hello. He is the CEO and founder of uh, Veza Digital. And today we're going to be... And your co-host. <laughs> I'm the co-host. No, he's the co-host. I'm your co-host. Yeah. We're both co-hosts. And we're going to be talking about a little bit about Veza Digital and a little bit about the podcasts mm -hmm. that we've been doing and planning on doing and some of the guests that we're going to have on and some of the guests that we had on and uh, kind of wh why we're doing this and a little bit about uh, you, Stefan, a little bit about the agency, a little bit about myself. And uh, yeah, let's have fun and talk about... Uh, Veza Digital and yeah, the totally. world. Let's 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 do it. You know, it's crazy that in a matter of like less than a month, we got this whole place set up. Microphones, tables, furniture, insulation, carpets, all the tech, all the gear. And it's uh it's nice to know when you have an idea that you have a team behind you that can like execute quickly on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, um we started the podcast like two, three months ago now. Yeah, two and, months ago. Yeah, two and months I ago. was uh in Thailand doing it there, which was a little bit challenging actually, but we yeah. you know, pulled it off. And we have an amazing um podcast manager, uh Aziz, and uh, he's done hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, so his experience is super valuable. And some of the guests we've had on are just like, wow, you know, I I I was surprised. And uh, it's so amazing to talk to some of these people and get some of their experiences and uh, wisdom for uh, our guests and also for ourselves as well. I think mm -hmm. it's really, really beneficial for us. But before we talk about that, let's go back into, uh, you know, uh, Stefan 1.0 and uh, <laughs> see uh, how, uh, how you started the company and why you started the company and, uh, you know, all that. So a little bit of a biography, I suppose, about like, you know, when you did it and how you did it and gotcha. why you did it, all that. Got you, got you. Yeah, so Stefan 1.0. <laughs> Damn, like I got to think back now, you know, it's like if I just look at the past year, I have so many reference expo like experiences, right? I'm 20, I'm 30 in April next month. And the last year from like, you know, when I turned 29 to now when I'm turning April, looking at this experience in the last year, I've had like, you know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but generally everything was positive, right? And I usually, around my birthday, I like to look back and see how far I've come. I like yeah. to see like what I've accomplished, what I fucked up on, what I'm doing good, totally. what can I improve? And I just look at myself, it's my new year, my personal new year, right? Yeah. And so, uh, Stefan 1.0, man, I can't, I can't even think. Let me, let me go way back. So I was 21 years old, right? And I was working at Audi. Best job of my life. I, if I were to have any job ever again, I would work at Audi. I was driving Porsches in the daily, Audi R8s top of the line cars, doing deliveries for clients, gassing up cars. I remember one day I was working in the shop, right? And Chris Pfaff, who's like the founder of, of Pfaff Automotive Group. Yeah, I know them, yeah. He pulled in in his Porsche uh, Carrera 4S, yeah. the bronze edition, one of three in the world. <laughs> had bronze rims, uh, bronze paint job. The interior was all done in like oak and like a bronze. And I looked at that car when he pulled in. I'm just like, my mouth dropped because I'm thinking, I'm like, man, what would it take for me to drive a car like this, yeah. right? And then I go to Chris. I'm like, hey, Chris, does it need a, need a little wash and gas? He looks at me and turns around, pauses for a good two seconds. He's like, yeah, I can use some gas, right? And he just threw me the keys and I caught it like this, boom, like in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I step into the car and I'm trying to figure out now how to turn it on, right? Because it's not like the regular Porsches. It's, it's like a racing edition. So it's on the steering wheel. Hold the brake, hit the steering wheel, and you just hear the brrrm. I look at the gas. 
And usually there's like 10 dots there, right? It had nine dots. So it was pretty much full, but he knew he's like, sure. yeah, he likes the car. He wants to drive it. He wants to go and like yeah. experience it. Right. So uh, took it to the gas station. I just had a thrill. Like I'm just like, you know, pedal to the pedal to the metal, go all the way down. And like that adrenaline that I had. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, this car costs like $300,000, you know, like what would it take for me to drive a car like this? Right. You know? And I love cars. Like cars are one of the things that I really love. I love racing. I love the automotive uh, mind and engineering that goes into building a really good car. And you know this too. I'm a big fan of cars, right? So um, as I was driving there, I'm thinking like, you know what? Me making 12 bucks an hour working at, as a porter at Audi is is good. It's good for the fun. It's good for this kind of inspiration to see how people build it. And uh, shortly after that moment, I started to go into my own thing, right? So looking at ways to make money on the side, whether it was you know, selling used bearings, right, to, from one company to another company, did that for a short time, and then um, made some decent money, a couple thousand bucks a month, uh, 21 was a pretty good side gig. Cool. After that, I got into, you know, network marketing, that's where I learned how to network with people, that's where I learned how to, like, cool. you know, mingle and get to know things, and uh, that's actually at 21, 22 years of age, that's when I started my own, like, personal development journey, right, so um, at that time, I, I got and I was already in fitness. I've been working out now for the last, fuck, 12 years, more, 13 years, right? So I was still in fitness. I took it more seriously at 22. I started uh, playing more sports. You know, I started getting out there, reading more books, just reading, getting knowledge, right? Experience, meeting people. And um, I tried everything from network marketing to different network marketing companies to selling insurance. Did I tell you about that? Nope. I didn't tell you about that. Nope. Wow. Okay. So here's a good story. Now I'm 23 and you know what the, in the U S they call it the series seven Yep. in Ontario. Uh, they call it the CSC Canadian securities course. Right? So I, I went for my Canadian securities course. And I went for my LLQP life license qualification program to sell insurance and investments. So I did that for about six months. It was the most challenging exam of my life. I failed seven times on my eighth time. I got it right. And then I started selling insurance for Manulife financial sun life, all these different things, investments and, yeah, I sold, I sold a couple things, you know, I still get paid for them today, which is amazing for life insurance. You know, you, oh, sell, wow. you sell it once and you get paid like a, a residual every single right. year for the renewals. Uh, so I have like, you know, it's not much, a couple hundred bucks a year, but it's like, you know, yeah. it's money in the bank. It's, right. it's lunch money, whatever you want to call it, you know? So that's really where I got involved in just like working for myself and building my own thing. And then, um, I really liked finance. I really liked how I was developing as a person in, in that space because I saw there's opportunity everywhere. People are so clueless of like how money works, right? And how to manage money, how int how intricate money is, how transactions are not really transactions unless they're cash, which is the truest form of, of transactions. Totally. And like dwelling into that to understand how the banking system in America works, to understanding how um, companies work, to understanding like, you know, if I send you, you know, a hundred dollars, if I pay you for a service, I'm using my credit card. You're not getting a hundred dollars. Sure, you're getting much less hundred dollars. Then you got to send that money to someone. So you're a hundred dollars. That lifeline of that bill on a screen, actually, by the time it get it gets circled around like a yep. like a hood thought, you know, it ends up being like five bucks. You yep. know, so it's crazy how the money system works. And then that inspired me to go work at like some tech company to go see that works in finance, that worked in fintech. And then I got got involved in this fintech company called Overbond. And that was a shit show. Like that was, <laughs> that was crazy, man. I got some stories that we can talk about offline, but that was like, 
that was a good learning experience. Let's sure. put it that way, you know. And, yeah. and there, that's where I learned like to do the online marketing stuff. And then I started my own online company while I was working there. Also in in finance, doing forex trading and stock trading. How to pick different investments. How to do these things. We built algorithms. We built bots. We did all these cool things. And I was an affiliate for Quest Trade. Do you remember Quest Trade? Um, I heard the name. I'm they're they're an OTC brokerage in in Toronto. And okay. So I used to basically have everyone sign up to a account over there. I would collect like a residual. We'd have this like risk management platform that got coded online where someone would put like their income, what their ideal uh, revenue they wanted from trading and basically compounding how much they're going to make, how much they're going to lose. And it would say, this is your risk management profile. Um, this tool here is going to help you um, manage your finances, manage your investments. But if to get this tool, you have to sign up to Quest Trade, right? And so that was the, the right. I guess the call yeah. to action there, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Learned that, made some pretty good money. I remember at my peak at Trading Group, I was doing 45K a month. Amazing. And I was like 24 years old, 23 years old. It Crazy. Was, it was it was amazing. And then yeah. and then what happened was Stripe came in, right, with the education that we were doing the subscription, and they canceled our account because we were known as online gambling, trading, wow. all these things. So we then had to, we lost all of our monthly recurring revenue. We had to switch to fucking PayPal, man, which is the worst one out of all of them. And then yeah. like doing manual payments, sending money here, doing this. And it was just like, fuck, is it really worth it? Right. You know, and then me and my partners had a, you know, they want to go do their own separate thing. And so be it, you know, I got back into consulting for for people, mostly fintech companies and tech companies in Toronto, made a good name for myself, hosted events, workshops, all these things. Um, that's a business level, right? Personally, outside of work, like I was living it up, man. I was traveling. I had a good group of friends. Um, you know, my brothers were always with me doing fun stuff. Weren't you also a DJ? I was a DJ. That was before everything. Oh wow. Before all of that, that was DJ. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, I used to I used to I used to wreck it back in the day in Toronto. Like even even when I was a DJ, I was DJing at all the best clubs in Toronto. I was opening for all the top DJs. Tiesto, Dezeco and Torres. Amazing. Shout yeah. out to Dezeco and Torres. Yeah. Um Afrojack, open up for him. Yeah. At Circa Nightclub at Government. Right. Remember Gov. Yeah, absolutely. Gov Love. Yeah. Uh, Circa, Lot 332, all these like amazing clubs in Toronto, you know? Right. So I made a name for myself. I got bored of it after a while because it was always the same shit, you know? You're right. mixing other people's music. Yeah. But I think in a chapter or two from now, from today, maybe in about two two or three years from now, I'm going to get back into DJing, but I'm going to get back to the producer side. Awesome. I'm going to make my own music. Nice. Know? And I'm like going to go more like the hip hop slash tech route and mix the two beats and make a fusion of it. Awesome. Yeah. So that's at a, at a high level, man. And then right. Vesa Digital, that, that started, I mean, it started technically seven years ago, okay. six years ago, right? Uh, as a glorified marketing consultant, did that, made some good money, made some really good connections more than the money. Fuck the money. Like so about 2015? Have, 2015, 2016 was right. really when it, yeah, 2000, 2016, 2017 actually is okay. when it started. And then we were doing stuff in crypto, we were doing stuff in... Um, like tech, these tech companies, service companies, it was good. You know, like I was learning a lot. Like I didn't really put money as a primary motivation, just experience. And I gained so much experience because I was around people that are older than me, yeah. you know, like, yeah, like I was around, like I'm 25 now. So I was around 25, 26. I was around like millionaires, entrepreneurs, playboys, people who know the nightlife thing. Yeah. Like, any kind of persona you can imagine, I was around that. So like I understand, I got a, I got the best of everyone, right? And I tried to apply it to my own character and try to learn from it, you know. And so I saw everyone around me as a as as a key person I could learn something from. But I always gave value. That's a thing. 
right? I was never the kind of person that just take, 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 take. I would always like, you know, give some sort of value, whether it's something as simple as giving him a ride home. Sure. Right. So like going out for lunch, yeah. doing stuff like that. Right. And get showing that I'm useful. Cause like when you're in a, when you're in a room with like, you know, I don't want to say millionaire now, I think we're past that point, but a billionaire, what kind of value are you giving to the person? Sure. The guy's got everything. Guy's got everything. Right. right? So it's like, what yeah. can you give him? Exactly. Right. So, and I think that's what a huge thing that people forget these days. It's, you know, people talk about giving value, but do they actually, right? And I think when you actually genuinely care about the person or the business or anybody and, and, and try to find ways for them to get value, whether it's monetary, whether it's your time, whether it's a ride or something, I think that's when real relationships get formed. And that's when people, you know, establish trust. And that's something that, you know, Advisor Digital, for example, you know, that's what we try to do all the time, right? Because you can get bogged down by just you know pr providing a service you know but i think it's also important to provide more than that right and when people sense and and, and know that you care about them mm -hmm. you know then it's a different relationship and then it's a different ball game right so i think that's something that you know we're really good at right so i think that, that your background is because of that right yeah you know what i mean yeah. and so you know you look at it today and, and you look at Vesa digital and we have over 60 employees now I think that it's, you know, it's a bigger company, you know, medium size, whatever. And uh, that's what separates us from all the other uh, players, right? Right. You know, so that, that's really cool. Okay. So now you're, uh, you're 25, 26, 27. And uh, <laughs> this is where it starts to get fun. Yeah. This is where it starts to get fun. So at this point now, I'm, I'm 26, 27 years old. And you know what? It's true. Like by the time you, you don't know yourself until you're like, 25 26 right you know at this point you got experience you know what you like you know what you don't like and you know you built your value to a point where it's like you know you look at the people around you and you want to now bring others up around you right so it's like you know what you accomplished in the last five years six years whatever it was and what you were capable of help other people as well right and so i'm like you know what i'm gonna start assembling my crew i'm gonna start assembling all the players around me you know people i can trust people that i love people that i want the best thing for right and so I started having that kind of mindset and 2000 and so this is now I'm 27. So 27, I, at this point I moved to Serbia, right? So I moved to Belgrade, but I didn't, I didn't have the intention to stay. I'm like, you know what? Let me go for six months. Let me, let me see what's good in, in Belgrade, hang out with family, see some friends, um, get exposed to the lifestyle more. Right. And, but before this, I had the intention to go to Dubai. I'm like, let me go to Dubai, let me go to Serbia and then go to Dubai and see what happens over there and and you know feel things out, see what the audience is like. So, I moved to Serbia, I get set up here, and I'm still doing the online work, right? I'm doing marketing consulting. I'm 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 thinking about ways to you know scale myself and double myself. And it's funny because I was talking to this one real estate company in Toronto that we were working for, and they're talking about their competitors, right? It's this big online marketplace for condominiums in Canada, right? And he's like, yeah, they get all of their marketing development in Serbia. I'm like, really? Tell me more about that. And he's just like, yeah, in a city in Novi Sad, they have like a whole team of people managing the website, building everything, doing the marketing, literally everything turnkey, but they operate in Canada. I'm like, interesting. I'm like, I wonder why. And he told me why. I mean, it's, it makes sense. You have a good focus of talent here. You have young people who are, who want to change, right. Who want the best for themselves and people who are educated. Right. And it's people who want to, obviously they want to work for more money. Not, and they speak English. And they speak English. They, they don't want to work a regular job here in Serbia speaking is primarily Serbian, right. They want a more international exposure. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm like, interesting, this can be good, you know? 
So then I started looking for people to work with here in Serbia that could do small jobs for me, you know, like whether it's web design, some content campaign, advertising, whatever. And, you know, you start filtering through people. And actually, fun fact, I was talking about this with my brother the other night. He asked me, he's like, how many people did you interview in Serbia? Right. And I think I interviewed over 300 people, you know. So I have now a sense for who's got it and who doesn't have it. Sure. You know, and like after a while, you just, you get to like filter people out. Yeah. You know, like you just know from like how they talk, how they present themselves. You know, like the CV, I mean, CV is a CV. Everyone can yeah, like doesn't bullshit a CV. It doesn't mean much. Right. And so 2017, I'm here. I got set up making money and I flew back to Toronto in November, December. Uh, hit up Jamal, my girl Jamal, coming to Serbia. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get it. Let's crush it. New life, new beginnings, all that stuff. And when I say new beginnings, it was actually new beginnings because a month after, actually not even a month after, two weeks after we came back to Belgrade, COVID happened. Lockdowns happened. Restrictions happened. All these things happened that we thought was going to last a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, whatever. And now we're we're chilling in in Belgrade and we're just like, should we even go back to Canada? Like, what's the point of going back? You know, and then shortly after that, we met you, right? And it's just like a whirlwind of things that were happening one after each other. And, you know, during COVID, obviously, we were here together. You know, here and our group of friends were all stuck in Belgrade. Not stuck, but we were enjoying Belgrade. And I'll tell you something. During COVID, we've traveled more during COVID That's right. than way before. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely. had empty planes. We had two yep. passports. Yep. You know, like we had absolutely. our ways. Yeah, I remember going to Minsk in Belarus and there was yeah. nothing there. You know, and I wanted to see for myself. I was like... You know, world is locked down. Up there, you know, Lukashenko is the president. Is like, uh, just go into a sauna and drink vodka. And I'm like, come on, it can't be serious. <laughs> so I go there, and you know, I get to the air, to the to the uh, customs guy, and it was like straight up from the 70s, 80s, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the hat and everything like that. And the guy must have looked at my passport ten times. You know, it was just like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I'm just like just ha- hanging out man <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and then i went there and it was like nothing there was no mask there was nobody there did you go with your canadian passport or serbian passport i don't remember actually uh, somebody asked me that the other day i, I don't remember uh i think canadian mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was just like you know parties uh clubs are open restaurants are open there's no there's no issues there's no nothing mm-hmm. you know so so yeah i mean the traveling at that time was like you know it was it was, it was amazing you know like yeah. hotels were empty it was yeah. like really cheap to go yeah. you know and all that kind of thing so that was fun yeah, I think during COVID, I went to, I mean, I've been a lot to a lot of places during COVID, but the highlight place that I went to was was Rome. Right. Rome was just like empty. Usually you see these like big cameras everywhere. You got to dodge the cameras and yeah. it was empty. Like I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, you, right. feel, you feel like you're in the ancient city. Is that what they call it, the ancient city? Something like that. There's like some eternal city. The eternal city. Yeah. You know, you're in the eternal city. You feel that Roman energy just like all around you, giving you power, giving you like faith in, right. in that, with what they built, right? So that was fun. Went, uh, pretty much went all around Europe. You know, it was good. Like cool. we were living a good lifestyle here. We were living in that penthouse. Yeah, yeah that was, that was a really good time. Jamal, Damir, me. You know, yep. That was, that was fun. Yeah, it was a huge place. It was like two levels, a sauna. There was an elevator that went to the apartment. Yeah, elevator. I mean, it was like, it was pretty, uh, pretty uh, amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. We had some good parties there too. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was fun. Bootstrapping. Bootstrapping. Bootstrapping in a different way. <laughs> Usually when people think about bootstrapping, they think of like a little table like this and two cardboard boxes and laptops. Right, 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 you know? right, right. We were far from that. Uh, 
but yeah, and that, that was now 27, 28, 29. That's when things really started to pick up, you know, like Vezza sales, just like, you know, five X, you know, when I was 28 years old, I was 27, 28, that period, our sales just started working. Right. You know, I was selling mostly everything, right? The deals got bigger. I got better. I just knew what people wanted, you know, and now I go on a call with people today and it's just like, I know exactly what they want. I know sure. their timelines. Yep. I know what our efforts attribute to their bottom line. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing. I think a lot of people call and yeah. they, they themselves don't know what they want. They know right. kind of what they want, but not really. And I think that's, it's kind of like going to a new restaurant, <laughs> you know, and the waiter knows everything on the menu and stuff that's not on the menu. Yeah. And depending on, you know, their budget and depending on, you know, what, you know, what kind of experience they want to have, you know, you, you need to trust the waiter. If he's a professional waiter, you know, you, it's kind of like here, right? A lot of times yeah. you see the professional waiters, it's like, I don't look at the menu. It's like, what do you got today? And he'll tell you, this is the fresh stuff. This is the mm -hmm. good stuff. Have this. And in the end, everybody's happy, right? Yeah, you're going to spend a little bit more money, but your experience is 10x, right? Yeah. You know, and that's really important. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I love when you go to a restaurant, they tell you what to totally. eat. They tell absolutely. you when to eat it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like it transfers into our company as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people are like, well, I kind of want a small ve website. And you're like, okay. But what are you trying to do, you know? So it's like us helping them make more money. Yeah, right? us helping them make more money. But Absolutely. I think like even before that, man, like helping them understand what they want, get clarity. Sure. Because like I have these calls all the time. People are just saying, yeah, we want a content website. We want information. We want a design. Yeah, but what right. for? For what purpose? Exactly. You know, like, yeah. Talk to me about that. That's then, right. Like mostly they know, but they know what's what's already being said from other people online, exactly. right? They don't right. truly understand right. what their brand is and Absolutely. stuff like that. And that's why people hire agencies. You hire an agency to tell you what you need, right? right. You say, hey, this is my problem that I'm having. This is where I want to get to. Build a bridge. Help me figure it out. Right. Get some momentum going. Absolutely. Get that energy up. Help yeah. people out. And so yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, been a, that's been a key driver for us. And I feel that we have to now double down on that, that energy that we have mm -hmm. and, and how we sell these solutions to different types of clients and partners that we have. Right. Because right? we got a lot of things going on here. You know, and it's all generally really good. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing. So, like, how do you, as a client, mm -hmm. you know, everybody shops around, obviously, right? And, you know, if you were a client, why why would you choose Vesa Digital? And, uh, you know, because there's a lot of digital companies out there, right? What do you think makes us stand out? Here's the thing. We're not, we're not yes men, you know? Like, a lot of clients, they think they know what they want but they don't, right? And it's it's clear as day. You know, when when the scope keeps changing back and forth, oh, we want this, but no, we actually like this. You know, like we're not here to take directions. We're not, you know, your marketing team. We're an extension of your marketing team with our own autonomy, right? You're hiring us for a solution. So our growth partners are knowledgeable in B2B SaaS, how to market them, how to position them, and how to deal with these different personas that we deal with on a daily level, right? right. So it's about our position in the market we're here because we know the solutions. We know what people need, right? Like, think about it. If you're around five companies who are making millions of dollars of sales every single month and you're speaking to their CMOs and you know their strategies, sure. what happens? Naturally, that growth partner understands what's working for them. Absolutely. That's knowledge they can use for the next client. And a right. lot of people don't understand that, right? right? They're looking at price, they're looking at value. And that's the difference, right? Because the difference. just looking at a price of a, of a site is yeah. really stupid exactly right because you don't understand the value right and mm. the value comes from what you just talked about right you know and the team and 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 the, and the actual uh, um 
company culture, so to speak, right? Because, right. you know, you can, I mean, let's be realistic. You can hire some guys in India or Bangladesh for a thousand bucks and get your site. And that's okay, right? But if you want a true brand and if you want something behind it, you, you really need a team of people that know what they're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, you need a team of people that know what they're doing. They know how to do it, which is important as well. Sure. And you need people such as the growth partners that can build trust with the client to say, listen, you know, what we do as an agency, we build marketing websites and then we market the websites. It's very simple. That's yep. all we do. That's right. We just mark, we build the website that works, that's for marketing, and then we market it. Yep. It's as simple as that. You know, we don't want to overcomplicate anything. A lot of companies, they overcomplicate. Yeah, we're going to do this one part of the project. You sure. Know, why one part of the project? You're just yeah. opening yourself up for right. liability, scope creep, more responsibility than what you're getting right. paid for. Absolutely. You know, you're giving yourself the shorter end of the stick, right? Sure. You can just do the full scope of the project from setup all the way to management of it and operations of it. And I think, you know, less is more. You get set, sure. set up for success. And I think it's way. also important to stress that, you know, VESA doesn't work with just anybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we disqualify more companies and people than we actually qualify. Yeah. You know, and, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, like what makes sure. a perfect client for, for VESA yeah. Digital? Our perfect clients, like, yes, we say no to a lot of people or we'll say yes to them but we'll give it to one of our one of our white label partners right obviously we have preferred white label partners we work with and they get the deal right we like to work on that top 20 percent of leads that we get these top 20 percent are like cmos that know what they want these are cmos that understand economies of scale these are cmos that understand that we're hiring an expert team to tell us what to do we're moving we're moving quicker right it's people that understand that speed is what makes the biggest difference in this especially now highly competitive market, right? How fast you move is is basically, it determines everything, especially the way the world's going now in 2023. And the people that understand that, that speed, creativity, and applying, you know, economies of scale at once is, it's it's a key recipe, right? Sure. And these CMOs that that hire Vesa Digital to work with them, we normally handle everything in-house, right? They give us, of course, they give us direction, they give us confirmation, this is what they want, but um, it's the people that understand that growth depends on speed and the quality that comes with that speed is high with us because we've done it so many times. Right. And I think it's really important to understand, you know, talk about whether we are in a recession or not, I mean, we kind of are. Um, based on my experience, we talked about it earlier, yeah. is, you know, uh, the one mistake that I made uh, scaling my companies in the past is that I didn't go 10x. Instead of 2 or 3x, I should have went 10x. And it's amazing because when everybody contracts, you need to increase your your spend. You need to increase your ferocity, so to speak, right? And that's really contrary to what most people will do, most companies will do, right? And I think right now is the time for companies to just quadruple up on everything, right? Because they're going to be eating up 20, 30, 40x of all yeah. their competitors, right? Yeah. You know, and that's really, really, really important right now. You talk to any of the OGs in, in business, and this is the same thing that they all mm -hmm. talk about, right? Because you're gaining market share, right? At uh, such a crazy pace, right? Yeah. And I think that we understand that <clears throat> and uh, and we want to work with people that actually, or companies that un understand that, 100%, right? 100%, 100%. I want to I wanna ask you a question in just yeah. a second, but before I get to that, I was talking to our financial control the other day and he told me, he's like, Steph, I'm like, yes. He's like, we got we to gotta talk. I'm like, shit. When I say it to people, I, I I do it in like good intentions. But when he says the finance guy, it's like, what's happening, right. you know? Yeah. So we sat down. He's like, Stefan, listen, we're spending a lot of money. 
I'm like, yeah, you know, we're doing a PR campaign, SEO ads, tools, all these things, hiring additional people. He's just like, that's all great. We should be expanding now. That's, that's the whole purpose, what you said. But in order to increase our valuation and reduce the velocity of money out, we have to increase the velocity of money in. I'm just like, yeah. He's like, we have a lot of money that's owed to us on a ledger. We accept ACH payments through Stripe and through our banks. He's like, if you just cut down that time it takes for a client to pay, to pay you when you get that money in your account, mm-hmm. we're going to have a positive balance on how much money we're spending to how much money is coming in at the speed velocity, right? So I'm like, interesting. This is why you hire smart finance people to tell you Absolutely. these things, right? Yeah, yeah, things right. you don't know. Sure. I'm just like, wow, amazing. So um, he did that. We just launched a new policy now. It's like, okay, we're going to take credit card payments, Amex payments through Stripe because you paid today 10, 15 grand, five grand, whatever it is. Next day, it's in your bank account. Yep. Yes, there's this 3.5% fee sure, that the client matter. pays anyways. It doesn't matter because the velocity of the money coming into us mm-hmm. um, is worth much, much more than that fee that we pay on Stripe instead of ACH. So that opened up my world to, you know, just finance and seeing how deep that goes, you know, how to balance things out. So um, that was our, our biggest win last week is just discovering that piece sure. and and enabling that in our business to obviously increase our valuation and even out that equilibrium of, of money in, money out. Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you now. Sure. Mario, you at your peak, you know, how much are you doing now? Revenue, profit per month. When? This is whenever it was like... Uh, revenue was probably 10 million per month, 10 million per month. So 120 million per year. Right. So what, what activities did you do to get from 1 million a month to 10 million? Well, I mean, we were scaling big time. So with us, you know, it was, it was not about people. It was about systems. It was about technology. And this was like 2009, 2010 when really people didn't you know, know as much as they do today, right? So the, the the big thing is that I had some really smart people around me. I hired really, really, really smart people. And I basically gave them unlimited uh, abilities to make money. You know, I didn't cap okay. them. Uh, also, I really, really cared about them, you know, and it, that was a big thing, you know. So whenever they needed something, I was there for them, right? So it was more of a family uh, kind of um situation how many sorry to cut you off how many employees at this point <laughs> um maybe five six okay cool so yeah. you're small nimble totally small matter of fact it was funny because i remember we uh, we went to la and we, we were you know uh we were in the affiliate business and so we're basically uh, at this time uh b- traffic buyers you know we became media like like top of the line media buyers right and so we went to rubicon project which was in la still is and we walked in there and it was like, wow, really intimidating. You know, they actually used to, it was a hangar mm-hmm. and they used to film 24. Remember that, that yeah, uh, yeah. you know, series that you, so they took that over after the series was canceled or whatever. Anyways, and there was like know, 50, 100 people just with, you know, computers and stuff. And so we had this meeting and that was me and my uh, uh, IT guy, CTO. And uh, we were doing some big volumes, buying a lot of uh, um, uh, traffic from them and we're sitting with the vice How president. How much traffic? What kind of traffic are we talking about? 50, 40, 50 million impressions a day. Wow. Yeah, a lot. And it was, uh, and, and they were pretty good at it too. So anyway, so that was, that was one of our um, companies that we were buying traffic from. So we sat there and we tried, we wanted to get more traffic, you know, because there's, you know, different tiers of traffic, right? Tier one, tier two, <clears throat> and we're willing to pay for it. So, 
you know in- introductions to the to the VP and stuff, and he's like, oh, so uh, yeah, you guys are doing a lot of a uh, lot of travel. How, how many people in your company? And at this time, I think it was like f- four of us or something. And I and I and and I, I remember I had to lie because I mean I was like I I felt like I, this you know, and I said fifteen. Yeah. And and he looked at me and he goes fifteen. He goes the amount of traffic you're buying right now, you should have at least 60 to 100 people. And I was like... Imagine you said four. Yeah, there was like four. You would have thought you're lying. You know, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Why? Because our systems that we created mm-hmm. utilized technology, right? And so, uh, you know, that was, that was... Was it your own tech or you guys bought something? <clears throat> Initially, we had used just regular tracking software and then we, you know, it was, it, there was limitations in it and we, we had, you know, talked to, to the owners and said, listen, this is what we need. They, they couldn't do it fast enough. Or, or willing to do it. And so, yeah, we started building our own in-house tracking software, which eventually developed into an actual DSP, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> demand-side platform, right? Yeah. So uh, that was uh, uh, really good that we actually built our, you know, backend and everything like that. And it was really sophisticated. And so that enabled us to actually buy more traffic. And, and with, with, you know, traffic, it's all about data management. And it's also like, how do you interpret this data, right? You know, and so we became really good at it, right? So... Yeah, we scaled big time, you know, and at so one, you're doing you're doing now at this point you're scaling you're scaling towards ten million or you're at ten mil? No, we're at ten. You're at ten, okay. Right. And and what was the feeling being at ten million compared to like one million? Um, like ten ten million dollars a month. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, like, about two million in profit. Yeah, two million yeah. In profit. A lot of companies aren't even no. Well, doing I, that. I remember actually like thinking those are like Fortune five thousand. That's numbers. right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I remember thinking about it and going exactly that. I'm like, man, like this is like crazy money. You know, yeah. like is this is this real? You know, yeah. I had to pinch myself, right? And I mean, look, that there was a lot. I worked my ass off. You know, I we're bet. talking 18, 19 hour days, a lot of stress. You know, I was trying to exercise and eat. I still, mm-hmm. you know, it was very, very stressful. You know, it affected my relationships and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was all in, right? And uh, you know, it was it was kind of scary to tell you the truth because once you hit, you know, that those type of numbers, you basically uh, one, you can buy anything you want. Pretty much, you know, I remember I was shopping for a private jet. The only reason we didn't buy a private jet is because we didn't know where to take it to. We were, you know, at that time in, in, in San Diego and we're like, we, you know, unless we get like a Boeing or something, right? Like, where can we, <laughs> where can we go? So like, you know, it was like yeah. uh, Vegas, LA, maybe get it to Seattle, um, you know, and then can't, uh, Miami, you have to stop in Dallas, I believe, or Houston or something like that. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like... Yeah. It wasn't uh, as know, convenient what, as now. <clears throat> Well, the thing exactly depends on the location, right? You can't right. you can't go to Hawaii unless you have a bigger, like real, like you know, a sixty million dollar plane, right? So we we're looking at from you know two million to ten million, whatever. And uh, th- that's really the only reason we didn't buy it, you know. And so yeah, it 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 does change the way you look at the world. That it definitely changes uh, perspectives, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting uh, feeling. So uh, it's it, it makes you realize that it's achievable, mm-hmm. you know. Especially when you when you come from not really any money, middle class kind of thing, you know. And uh, whatever you uh, put your mind to, so to speak, you can you can achieve it. You know, you just have to uh, you know have uh, systems in place. You have to have some good people around you, and you ha- you do have to have a certain amount of luck. There's no doubt yeah, about that, right? Definitely. You know, but you create your own luck in a way, yeah. right? You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was uh, very fulfilling on one end. On the other hand, it was very scary, you know. Because what would you say was the scariest part? 
Uh, scariest part is like I remember going to I was I went to Joel Rubouchon on my 40th birthday in Vegas, and I wouldn't say it's scary, but it was I remember there was like six seven tables, and I don't know like dinner there was I don't know anywhere from thousand two thousand dollars to whatever type of wine you get you can go up to 100 200 grand i guess right for dinner you know which we didn't do so you know they pick you up in a rolls royce to take you there and all this kind of stuff i remember sitting there and it was maybe six tables and i remember thinking like most likely i'm making the most money in here and there was you know people dressed and everything that was an assumption but Based on my 80-20 uh, principles, I, I, I kind of knew I was up there, right? It would have been fun to like, mm -hmm. hey, what's your net worth, you know? Mm -hmm. it was, I mean, it's an ego thing, right? But it was that realization that I had made it, you know? And at the same time, it's like, what's next? Like, what are we doing next, you know? It's what else is there, you know? Mm -hmm. So once you hit that, that's a scary thing because I think everybody wants to get to this certain level of success. And then when you do, you're like, what now Be like that's it i was 40 yeah you know i had everything there was nothing i couldn't really like get you know mm -hmm. so that was kind of scary because then all of a sudden now you get a little bit of a crisis in terms of like you know like whatever you want to call it not midlife but some type of crisis because you know what what is life for and how are we gonna handle this and yeah. what are we doing and all that kind of stuff so the, in, in a way that was like i wouldn't say the most scariest but it's one of them that you mm -hmm. know made you think about your life so then you felt like you hit your own. So you're doing now $2 million a month of profit. You're 40 years old. You know, you're in your prime. And now you're thinking, that's it? You know, like... Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. Because what? how much money do you need, right? True. You know? True. And so, I mean, you know, I had two penthouses. I had cars. I had, uh, you know, we were flying first class to Paris. You know, we're, we're, we're going all over the place. There was nothing really that I didn't do. I mean, I... I was telling the story this earlier on, you know, I mean, a lot of the um, affiliate networks were, were trying to bribe me and, mm -hmm. you know, it worked on some of them, you know, I mean, I was getting uh, private jet flights to the Bahamas, uh, I was getting, uh, you know, fr uh, front of the line tennis tickets, I really like tennis and, and like everything I had cards these prepaid cards you know we talked about earlier right <laughs> like preloaded with five ten twenty thousand yeah. dollars and I had a stack of them right yeah. and walking into louis vuitton in paris and i'm like well just just get whatever you want you know like it was just crazy you know so it was uh it was it was, it was interesting yeah what would you say was your was your best experience Best experience, I think one of them was um, uh, my CTO and I, we flew into uh, uh, JFK in New York mm -hmm. and we took the helicopter from JFK to downtown Manhattan. I remember approaching Manhattan and we had set up a bunch of meetings. We were staying at the Mandarin Oriental and uh, we had set up these meetings. Uh, their lobby, I believe, is on the 50th floor or something or 40th. And so we had, uh, it was me in a suit and uh, him in a little hoodie, <laughs> CTO, and we had these uh, uh, media uh, uh, sellers that were we, I set up in 30-minute intervals, mm -hmm. and they were all competing for us, right? And so I wanted every single one of them to see that we had another meeting, right? So I set it up in 30-minute intervals. But flying into New York and, 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 and that song, you know, New York, New York, you know, yeah, that one, yeah. like, you know, if you can make it anywhere, you can make, you know, that it was, it was just like, wow, this is like top of the heap, you know, like helicoptering into the thing, limos picking us up. We're going to, you know, Mandarin Oriental, which was incredible. It was just opened at the time. And uh, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, I have goosebumps just thinking about it right <laughs> now. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty cool, man. It was like, yeah, like amazing. You've done everything. 
Well, not really, but you know, I mostly. Yeah, I get bored really easily, right? So it's like I like to start things and get things going, then you know, sell them, or 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 you know, if it doesn't work, then you know, you take a loss and you move on and everything. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to experience life. It's important to definitely meet as many people as possible. It's important to. Uh, See what you like, what you don't like, and it changes all the time as well, right? You can't be eating vanilla every single day, right? Yeah. You know? So it's nice to 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 experiment and do things, and yeah, it's it it does seem like a lot, but it doesn't to me. I mean, obviously, when you get you know in twenty years, you'll you'll uh, have a lot of experiences, you know, and uh, it 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 feels like a different life every five years. Okay. You know, and it's amazing because a lot of stuff I don't even remember. Yeah, you know, and then we talk about it, and it's like, wow, you know, this is like, yeah, I did this, and I did that, and did this, and I mean, that's what everybody's life should be like, I think, in some way, right? If you're just going to the same job every single day and you hate it, man, it's not worth it, right? I think I think you're absolutely right, man, because it's like you show up every day to build something. Once that is built and dealt with, you go into the next thing, right? As as people, like, what are, what else are we here to do? You know, it's like you're here to you're here to create, you're here to do something, some, leave a good impression for the next generation, right? And so sure. I think. Um, that's really inspiring. And so back to now your your talk around, you know, being at your high of your life, you obviously have a ton of business experience. What's it like when you talk to people that are, you know, either just starting out or in the middle of their journey? Like what's your, what's your sense? Everyone's got a sixth sense. What's yours? So let's say you're meeting the CEO of now of, you know, a software company and he's saying, Mario, I want to grow. Do you come in and do you just do you just know what has to get done? Do you dissect a little bit? You get into like how do you how do you process things now with all the experience that you have? Well, I think it's it depends on um, where they are at, mm -hmm. you know, what they are trying to achieve, and how they're trying to achieve it, you know. Okay. And so it's it depend. It, that's the first thing. Second thing is energy. I mean, I if if I jive with the person, I can help them. If I don't jive with them, there's no point yeah, in moving forward, that. right? You know, that. and that's. And that's, and that's like kind of like we talked about, you know, we had some clients that we just didn't, you know, jive with. That's okay. You know, right. different visions, different everything. Right. But yeah, I mean, once once you jive with the person, uh, you can really help them a lot. Why? Because you are able to communicate properly with them, right? You know, not you can't talk, communicate with everybody, different styles and whatnot. And then basically drawing from the experiences that, you know, I that I've had. And it's all about numbers. It's probability of something happening, right? As you get older and as you get more experienced, the probability of you looking at a problem uh, uh, in terms of numbers increases. So, you know, you can say, well, if I don't have much experience, the probability of it is maybe 20, 30 percent, 40. But once you have done it, let's say 10 times, mm -hmm. you seeing the probability goes into the 80s, right? You know, it's almost like when you said you hire somebody, eventually when you, you know, you interview 300 people, eventually the probability of you picking out somebody in the first 10 seconds increases, right? And that's the same thing, you know? So, um, that makes sense actually. Yeah. yeah. You know, so <clears throat> it's 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 important to uh, be uh, authentic and, and and honest about what you see in a company and how it's supposed to grow, you know? Because there's like, this, we call it uh, middle, you know, mid-level management hell. And I see it all over the place. It's crazy. It's basically like, you know, you have, uh, let's call it five people from the VP to the, the person at the bottom, let's say, right? And the person at the bottom has uh, ideas and has the ability to, to, to make the company better. Well, they can't go to the VP. Why? Because then all these people in between are going to be pissed off, right? But if they tell the person above, you know, are they actually going to filter all the way to the VP? 
So this middle middle you know management hell is just it's 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 a it's a big clog in a lot of companies, right? And there's ways to you know go around that as well because the efficiency decreases as you add more uh, bodies uh, bodies, yeah. right? You know, and that's why I mean I'm always a big proponent of you know can this uh, problem be solved with technology? And a lot of times it can, right? You know, it's it's just more efficient, you know. And now with AI coming on board, it's it's incredible what it can do, right? Like I'm pretty excited about it. Sure, there's the you know the fallacies and the, and the, and the dangers, but uh, let's just leave that for another you know twenty years or however long it's going to take, right? So I think in the meantime, there's a lot of companies that you know we can help uh, grow faster, more efficient, uh, and uh, with uh, less money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so now as you, as you move into your next phase of life, next phase, I mean, you've been in it for now, not five years, but you know, two, three years into this, this new era. Um, what are you, what are some of your goals? Um, some of the goals I think is to, to provide more value to fewer people, so to speak. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't only have so much energy. Back no. to your 80, 20 principle. Again. Yeah. yeah. It's more like uh, your life's built around that. Huh? It really is. Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember, uh, when I read the book, uh, that was written by Richard Koch and the principle yeah. is really old. It's Pareto principle from back in the day when, you know, the Medici's hired, um, uh, the Italian mathematician and they said, well, you know, why, is there such a small percentage of people rich and the rest are really poor? And so, you know, Pareto went out and he designed the 80-20 principle. And Richard Koch, who I'd met, I have met in Chicago, actually, really brilliant mind, uh, he basically wrote this book and I was obsessed with that. I remember I was in South Africa in Cape Town and uh, I, I think I read it 50 times. I, I was obsessed with it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at this copy, it's like, you know, you know, notes everywhere. It's got markups. It's crazy, right? And so I'm like, okay, great. Well, this sounds like a hack, a life hack, right? And eventually, I I, I uh, became overly obsessed with it to the point where I was picking friends based on that, and I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy, you know. So uh, in it, uh, I had to step away from it. You know, it almost gave me a kind of like a you know OCD feeling and everything like this, right? So I think now it's yeah, providing the most value to. Uh, the people that I care about mm -hmm. and uh, being able to, uh, you know, live anywhere I want to, which really I've been doing for the last 20 years, but uh, in, in a more uh, uh, happier way, so to speak, right? You know, it's like, how do we provide value at the same time? How, how do you teach and how do you, uh, you know, achieve... Uh, uh, you know, financial stability, what's financial stability these days, right? Like there's a lot of things going on right now, you know, the US dollar, you know, there's this, there's that. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of crypto, as you know, and I think that is the future. Uh, when is it going to happen and everything? It could happen tomorrow, it can happen in 20 years, probably less. And uh, you know, the world is changing. It's, it's, it's scary, but it's also exciting, you know. Things are switching from the West to the east and, and and all that right so dynamics are changing um i yeah i think you can look at the bad things in the world and i can look at the good things in the world and i think there's a lot of good things still you know and uh if we stay positive and uh and and, and care about each other and provide value i think we're gonna be okay right definitely definitely yeah that's good that's really good and so now even for for what we're doing at veza you know, some of our goals that we have, we obviously have this amazing podcast that we're talking right now that we have our sister companies, White Label Agency, and then we have Veza White Label Marketplace and Veza Digital. So even for me now, it's like 
I've gotten to the point where if I look at myself, you asked me like, you know, earlier, like if I look at myself when I was 27, so three years ago, the kind of work I was doing, the kind of work I'm doing right now. So the work I do now, I know the decisions I make today are going to have an effect a quarter from now or two quarters from now, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I'm thinking more long-term. I'm doing a lot more things. Last Monday, was it last Monday? When did the SVB thing happen? Uh, Two weeks ago? Yeah, like, yeah, two weeks ago. So, okay. So two weeks ago, Monday, um, I'm overseas, Right. So, I mean, I'm in, uh, where was that the point? Ocala. And what happened is I'm reading about this whole SVB thing. My bank emails me saying, hi, Stefan, as you're aware, SVB has, you know, declared bankruptcy. This is what's happening. We've been exposed to this. I'm just like, fuck, you know, I got hundreds of thousands of dollars there through Visa Digital's money on there through, through, through that bank. Yep. Right. And I'm just like, shit. But luckily, it was only one of the banks they had, right? But they had some sort of exposure, some sort of losses that happened because FDIC only covered so much money. The rest was there. Yep. 250, right? And so it's Monday. I'm on a client on site. I have sales that are ha- like sales calls that I'm not doing that my sales team is doing. I have a client fire that I'm putting out because no account manager or growth partner is available for some reason. And it's Monday. I have hundreds of thousands of dollars on a, on a bank that's exposed to bankruptcy. So I'm putting out five different fires at the same time while on a client on site. By the <laughs> way, this client is not an easy client, you know? Yeah. So, so here I am on my phone. I'm on my phone. Moving money, hundreds of thousands here. <laughs> this sale closed. I'm like, oh, great. Let's move. Let's get this money deposited to this bank account. I'm op- I'm calling JP Morgan Chase to open up a business, a business commercial account over there. Yes, make an appointment, long process, whatever. I'm reaching out to our financial controller and our other finance director saying, hey, we got to start moving money. Let's get this out ASAP Rocky. Drop everything you're doing. Move the money. Let's get this organized, right? So we ended up moving. Now we have 18 different bank accounts across different banks. Uh, I'm still waiting for JP Morgan Chase to get back to me for that commercial bank account, which we're going to set up really soon. Uh, we created a new a new sustainability policy for, Q, for Q2, right? Um, that's going to keep us to have um, our own treasury account should anything happen. Um, so we don't have to divert our investments away from where they're going just so we're secure. You know, sure. I, I still, I still want to work at Vesla. I still want to invest in PR and, and, and SEO and ads and all these things. Right. And so it's crazy. In one day I did the work of like 10 people. Yep. I feel good. That's to right. Me, it's just in the office, you know, yep. putting out fires. I'm a firefighter. I, and that's what, what it takes. I and I think that's like a lot of things that people don't realize is when yeah. you are starting your company, there is things that you cannot even imagine that you do. And you just do it because you have to. Because you have to do it. You have yeah. employees, you have responsibilities, you have a lot of things, you know? It's it's kind of like going to the gym and saying, I'm going to do 10 reps and you do 6,000 reps. Yeah. If you had to do it, you would do it. You would do it. 100%. You would find a way, right? Yeah. And that's the difference, right? Or it's like you're going to the gym. Either you count or you don't count. You do it until it hurts. I work until it hurts. Right. My version of hurting is getting really sleepy and really tired. And I just like <laughs> pass out and I wake up the next morning right. ready to crush it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But for me, like, you know what, you know what, you know what a good thing for me is? It's like if I can if I can balance up my life to the point where, you know, I'm working out, I have time for friends, I have time for family, and I can work on my business, to me it's perfect. Yep. You know, like thing is though, I'm always working, I'm always thinking about what my next move is gonna Absolutely. be, right? I'm always thinking how to connect the dots and how to make it work. But I still have fun. You know better than anyone else. I still have my fun. I still have my time away from work where I can, you know, not think about Vesa not have to work for those couple hours and just be fully focused and immersed in like what we're doing at that very moment in life sure. right so yeah for me for me now like this year is really important in terms of like these three different divisions we have and focusing on those obviously growing our sales that's really important increasing our profit 
Um, making us more sustainable is really the key here because whatever's coming, you know, in 2023, 2024, I want us to be ready to take that hit, but I also want us to be ready to use that extra money and capital that we have. So we can now, what you said earlier, take more market share, reinvest more of our money back into the market while all these other agencies and, and startups are pulling their money back, cutting their market spend, letting go of people. Yep. I want to do the exact opposite. I want to sure. flip the switch, yep. increase our market share yep. and just like, you know, geometrically grow. Yeah, I think I, I remember this one time. This was, I think, 2008, two, yeah. like, you know, when the uh, banks failed in the US. And uh, I remember somebody saying something about, oh my God, the economy is so bad. Was this ba back when you were doing the real estate thing too? Yeah. Was this after? Yeah. yeah. No, no, this was, yeah, I had, I had, I had a large real estate portfolio. And uh, yeah, so 2008. And I remember somebody saying, oh my God, you know, it's, the economy is so bad and all this, there's a recession. And I said, well, I have my own economy. In my economy, there is no recession. Mm -hmm. And that was really, like, I just came up with it, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly true. You have your own economy and then there's somebody else's economy, right? There's the economy, right? Well, nobody's going to determine my economy. My economy either works or it doesn't work, yeah. you know? And if I want it to work, it's going to be a good economy, right? But right. If, I, if I choose to follow what people, you know, some, some, some bureaucrat says about, oh, well, we're in a recession. I don't care. You know, like, does it affect my company? Maybe, but I, I don't want to deal with those companies, right. right? You know, so you have your own economy and you work your own economy, you increase it and you attract other economies that are working. And eventually, like, it doesn't really matter, you know, you know, so it's like, again, there's charts going back to 1921, I believe, right? When is the most money ever made? It's in 1929. You said, did you see that chart I sent you? Yeah, I did. Exa exactly, right? That, so it's it. like, when there's a bottom, that's when you make the majority of your gains, you know, mm -hmm. in every way possible, you know, and, and it's contrary to what you would want to do, you know? It's yeah. like, oh my God, there's a recession. Let's not spend as much money. No, no. Now is the time to spend more money. Yeah. You know, and when things are really good, that's when you kind of contract, that take a step back and say, okay, let's reanalyze this, right? right? You know. Right, right. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. And like, I always see it as, you know, like I like to feel the change. I like to feel that we're making progress. I like to feel that you know people's energy are getting more motivated. That there's a level of momentum hitting inertia where we're all moving forward, right? Like the best way to put it is like when you're speeding down the highway in a Ferrari and you're accelerating, you know, from 60 kilometers an hour to 316 kilometers an hour, that feeling, that adrenaline, that's what's hyped. Once that's you right. hit 316 kilometers an hour, yeah. you're just like, you don't feel anything. That's it. Exactly. What's all the fun about, you know, it's that acceleration. I Absolutely. Like to feel that. And, it is, so. and, that, and that's basically what's called living in the present moment, right? Exactly. You know? Living and in so the present the, moment. That's a huge thing as and well. And when these right? companies now are downsizing, they're actually going, they're putting that bitch in reverse and going, that's right. Know? Absolutely. Where we had to do the opposite. Yeah. And so that that's how I see this year going for me. But I, I want to avoid making big decisions in terms of like raising capital, in terms of how company foundational structures are going to happen. Um, these decisions I'm holding off up until January, maybe end of January when we're in Dubai. Um, that's actually a decision I made though, but this was last year's decision was November 1st. I'll be moving to Dubai for about six months, you know, um, establish a base over there. I think it's a really good place to be. I think it's the city of the future. It's ultra modern. It's super safe. We can walk around with whatever watch we want and we'll be safe. Mm -hmm. Um, not like Toronto or like London, God forbid you're there with a watch. You yeah, know. absolutely. And I think that's a great strategy. I think from a, a, a you know company perspective, a strategy that allows you to, you know, um, stack some money and yeah. also um, take your processes and refine them, mm -hmm. you know, is a really, really good strategy, you know. 
Yeah. And it doesn't mean not doesn't mean we're not growing. We're growing, but we're not growing at 10x. We're growing at 6x. Yeah. Right. And that allows you to you know really really see how everything is working. And 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 the great thing that I like about you as well is that you know you you're not just a traditional CEO. You take out these acting roles of of sales or mm-hmm. you know CMO and all these other things, right? Which is super important, right? Because that is the front line of every business right yeah and that's and that's super good to do right so that like you know that's excellent you know it's really really good yeah i try to i try to understand all the details of my business you know who does what how does something function what's what's a good way to do this right not only not because i want to control it but because i have so much experience in marketing and working at companies that i've seen the best i've seen the worst right like being around being around like you know millionaires at 25 26 years old seeing how they think how they move right you know you you that it, that osmosis being in that sure. field of energy that experience comes off to you rubs off to you right right um like if you look at our website now compared to what it was it's a marketing machine like we're getting absolutely five ten leads a day yep you know and we're not even it's only seo imagine when we do ads we that's do right. more pr that's that's starting now soon like yeah. it's just gonna it's gonna grow not at 10x mm. at five or six x it's that controlled chaos right like we know yep. what's going on like i Absolutely. get out of bed every morning i don't need coffee i mean i drink coffee <laughs> but i don't need coffee like i have right. so much energy right right and it's just about like just managing that energy properly and putting it into the right channels but the thing is it's like everyone has to understand what direction the company's moving in right like sure. sometimes like i had a i had a call a couple of weeks ago with uh the account managers and, and it wasn't a nice call and i told them like listen I like being everyone's friend. I like being cool with everyone. But right now I'm talking to you as the CEO of Vesa Digital. I am the, the chief executive of the company. I'm talking to you from Vesa Digital standpoint. And this is what's happening. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, all the way to Z. Yep. You know, you guys probably might take it to heart. Um, we can talk about this after. But as Vesa, we don't care about your emotions. We don't care about how you feel a certain situation. We care about the success of the company and its growth, right? And if you're going to um, be an anchor for it, then we're going to cut that chain because Vesa doesn't need that, right? One day, Vesa's not going to need me, yep. right? It's going to, maybe I'll be an advisor to Vesa, but I'm not going to be an acting CEO. Sure. You know, like I'm going to get it to a point where Vesa can operate with a CEO who has processes, who has goals, who has his own KPIs that he's yeah. being measured. And like, I don't, I don't need to be a CEO forever. Absolutely. You know, yeah. for me, it's just, I want to start it. I want to get it to a point where it's highly profitable. I want to get it to a point where it's creating its own products through R&D, like what we're doing with Veza White Label Marketplace. And then those are going to be our tickets, right? Like these are the big, once we have a liquidity event with any of our ideas, that's when that whole core team of Veza Digital, that's when the real like right. money-making stuff happens, right? And yeah, totally. I'm, I'm super excited about our uh, educational component, you know? Me too. You know, I mean, uh, that was awesome how, you know, you flew into uh, California, you went to uh, Hollywood, you banged out... Uh, uh, well, tell us about it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really cool. Yeah. So I had this idea actually two years ago, three years ago to do. Actually, when I was 26, 27, I saw these people. Everyone's making money with courses. Everyone's doing like, you know, millions of dollars a month. And I'm just like, okay, most of it's bullshit, right? Like, I mean, I bought in courses before where I'm like, okay, it could have been done a lot better, whatever. And, you know, at 27, I was making some money. 28, I was making great money. 29, I was making, you know, I was making money. Like it was good. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, I'm like, I should do a course. I should do a course. But I always had this inner fear of saying, you're going to get judged. It's not good enough. You know, people are going to say, are going to buy it and say, oh, this was shit. Like what I did when I bought these courses, right? And like, oh, my karma's going to get me back for the shit talking I was doing. And um, it's now December. And then some guy named Lucas Spinella, 
he reached out to me. He has a course agency where he finds influencers. He finds like people of some sort of status and he makes courses for them or helps them make courses, right? So he hit me up and I'm just like, huh, I was just thinking about this. Perfect timing. I'd even, we had one call in the first 20 minutes. I knew this is the guy. He was, you know, founder magazine in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. He was making courses for these people as well. So my kid, this guy has the experience. He has the talk. He might be rough around the edges, but whatever. We'll, we'll make it work. You know, he's young. He's hungry. The kind of people, the kind of guys I like. Anyway, so we got started. He made the full course outline. And then at this point, um, I'm at a, so it's the F1 in Belgrade. And whatever, watching F1, doing all these things. And then um, our, our mutual friend, Angelka, she, her sister, uh, is dating was dating or is, I don't know what's happening with that thing they're still dating Vuk Papic who is who's obviously the the producer for Tsobi for like all these rappers and and artists here in Serbia right yep. and with him was um, was my boy Stefan Stefan and Sandro they're both from Toronto right and we all met up and I'm just like huh what are the chances of this you know sure. and so I'm talking to Vuk I'm like yeah we want to do a commercial we want to do all these things I'm talking to Stefan I'm like yeah I want to do a commercial and I want to you know, launch my own course and all these things. And then he's like, yeah, I'm flying back to LA next week. And I'm like, interesting. I'm flying back to Toronto in two weeks, you know? And I'm thinking, I'm like, hey, well, I don't want to do the commercial now, but I do want to get this course done. So I called Stefan up. I'm like, yo, Steph, I want to, you know, I want to go film this course. I want to make a cool introduction video, VSLs, all these things. He's like, yep, great. Let's do it. I'm like, perfect. That was done in like 10 minutes, organized. Everything was done, right? I call a guy in Australia. It's 2 a.m. for him. I'm like, Lucas, I got good news for you. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? Like all tired and stuff. And he's just like, I'm like, um, listen, man, I'm flying to LA. We're going to be recording the course there. This guy, in a ma- once I said that, his energy just fucking, whoom. He's like, what? You're doing what? We're going where? LA. He's like, amazing. I'm going to send you a full shoot outline for tomorrow, production, what it's going to be. He sent me a two-page doc of like where to sit, how to have the camera set up a script. Everything he did in a matter of a day. That's the power of connections. You know, right. like I can pick up my phone. And I can call whoever I want in my in my contact, but to get something done from LA to Australia to Toronto to Dubai to anywhere in Europe and just get people on, yep. just get people right. And I yep. think that's only gonna get better. And so now we had this road trip as well. So I had to like fit this in. I didn't tell Jamal at this point, right? Because you know Jamal likes everything to be scheduled and, and proper. I'm like, I got a surprise. You know, we're <laughs> we're actually taking a little detour. So we flew from Toronto to San Francisco. And this is like, and Jamal just arrived like 18 hours before from, That's right. from Thailand. So Thailand, yeah. Awesome. This guy was time traveling from one time zone yeah. to this time zone back here, like yeah. getting shaken up like a moringa, yeah. you know. And then, Doing Muay Thai every day for two, for a month straight. Yeah, just exhausted, you know. <laughs> and Jamal, we're flying, to, we're flying from Toronto to San Francisco. Luckily, I booked business class so he can sleep and like have the full experience, you know. And so uh, we sat there, six-hour flight. We get, to, we get to San Fran, drive to Sacramento for the client on-site. We're there. We get back to San Fran. We're there for a night or two, had some meetings there, and then flew to LA. Now, this is where stuff gets fun, you know. I got some friends in LA, so we went out, you know, dinner, drinks, all these things. Uh, and then I see Stefan and his buddy, who's also a producer from LA, and we're recording. That was probably the hardest thing I did in my life. Just being in front of a full Hollywood production. Like, when I say full, dude, I'm telling you, like, camera. These are, like, we have, like, nice, really good iPhones, you know, like, and we have two people working, but there's staff, there's people, there's mic crew, there's makeup, there's this. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. You know, and like the night before I was so confident about it. Stefan calls me, he's like, yeah, I'm like, man, this is my business. I know all the details of my business. Yeah. He's like, all right, man, we'll see. So 
ends up what happened is we took my laptop and we put it over the camera so I have something to read, right? And there's like hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment pointing in my direction and I'm just getting everything recorded. So basically like for the VSL, like a 10 minute video took three hours to record. Right. So we were there all fucking day, man. I was exhausted. Like sure. I was just like, at the end of that, I went into like deep hibernation. I went to sleep that night at like 11 o'clock, woke up the next morning at like 10 a.m. Sure. You know, and I'm just like, damn, that was that was experience and a half. But I was happy I did it because, um, you know, it, you got to take advantage of these opportunities. Absolutely. You got to give value to the people around you. And yeah, we flew to New York after. So tell us about tell us about the point of the of the educational series. Point of the educational series is we have a lot of people who are aspiring to start some sort of agency, whether it's design agency, marketing agency, sales agency, whatever, right? As you know, I've been through all of it. I've built a lot of processes. We've made a lot of money. We've lost a lot of money. I've dealt with a lot of different people. So I understand now the systems and process that has to get into place. So I decided to create a course to help these newcomers with setting up their own agency. Right. Right. And I recorded all this content. I put everything I know inside of a document and I just started recording. I started doing everything. So I want to give people an opportunity to have, instead of learning on their own, I could shave, you know, a couple months, maybe a year or two off of their learning process sure. and just give them access to me. Because really what they're paying for is access to me and our team. Yep. We have the process. They're always getting updated. We have the network effect as well. So when these startup agencies need a fulfillment partner for their service, they can work with us or they can work with someone else in, in the white label marketplace, right? Sure. So um, it was a really good move because now we're dealing with two sides of the market. The big agencies, mid-market to enterprise and the startups, yeah. right? Teaching these people to get to this level and giving these people, you know, an opportunity to offload some of their available talent right. and capacity to these people to, to white label, right? So there's never a loss in revenue or money and you're giving these people an opportunity. So Perfect. the education side was a big move for me because one, I like talking. Yeah. I like telling stories. I like, um, you know, if someone's willing to show up for me and like, you know, want to learn, I'll teach them. You know what I mean? Like, Here's the thing, like I have a lot of conversations with people. Like actually when I was in Dubai, this is the best example. We're in Dubai, I'm driving on the Palm, I'm, I'm whipping the Ferrari and I see this Lambo pull up behind me. I'm just like, huh, it's kind of to go, you know? I have a, I'm, I'm whipping the F8 Tributo, V8 twin turbo, 720 horsepower. He's driving a Huracan, right? And there's another car behind him too, a Huracan that pulled up. I'm driving, I see they're pulling up beside me. I'm just like, oh, I could do this again, you know, <laughs> put in race mode. I'm gunning it. They're gunning it. We're in tunnels. I'm downshifting. They're downshifting. I'm like, oh, these guys want to have fun. This is nice. So we get to the end of the palm. I make a left turn. I see this like parking lot, like opening. Like, let me pull up here. They're probably going to pull up behind me if they want to have fun. I pull up. I get out of the car. I walk by the tires. Whew, like you can make a barbecue on that thing, man. <laughs> they were so sticky. You couldn't touch the rims of the brakes. Like Crazy. everything was so hot. Yeah. They got get out too. And they're like, oh man, that was so much fun. What's up? What's up? I hear I hear an East Coast accent. I'm like, perfect. You know, my kind of people. Yeah. And yeah, it ends up being they were e-commerce. They have an e-commerce agency and they're basically selling direct consumer products with, with their agency. They've been doing it for three years. They're making a killing. It's a small, nimble team of 10 people. Yeah. And they came to Dubai because they just registered their agency there. Nice. You know, and now they spend some time there. So they were there for a little bit longer than me. And that day they decided to go on a road trip and explore Dubai in, in Lamborghinis, you know. And so we met. And it was that network effect, you know? Sure. So now when we need a white label agency to do e-commerce marketing, direct consumer, I know who to call. Absolutely. And same thing for them. And so uh, that's it's, awesome. It's, it's how it goes. And like, when you talk to these people, like, here's the thing, I'll be in a room with people who, who want to learn a certain skill and want to, 
or they're at my level in terms of like, not money. Like they don't know how much money I make. I can make $1 a month. I can make, you know, $100,000 a month. I don't, I don't measure myself like that. But then when these people now are coming and talking to me and I know I have more experience, but I see ego is getting in the way. I'm just like, you know what? It's better. I just shut the fuck up. And it's better I just sit back and say, yes, that's right. You're right. You know, because people like that, they learn on their own. They learn through their own, like, yep, through their absolutely. ego by becoming humble. Sure. And and that's actually one of the themes I was talking about with that guy in the Lambo. You know, it's how he built his e-commerce agency. He's like, yeah, I just surround myself with people who are humble, who wanted to learn. And I had really good mentors. And when someone told me some good advice related to my business, I would listen to it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and diminish it, you know. And so um, that was eye-opening to me to see, like, you know, meeting people at my level. Not right. money-wise, but just like what no, we accomplished, you know? Of course. Yeah, and then there's a certain synergy that actually happens as well, right? Exactly. You know, you don't have to talk about basic things. You're talking yeah. about more advanced things, you know? Exactly. It's like playing chess, you know? When you play chess against a master, mm-hmm. you know, there's no beginner moves. There's no beginner. <laughs> there's two moves and you're done. Cool, man. Well, that's great. You know, I think uh, I think we uh, we covered some of it. We'll do this again, you know? Uh, probably every, every three, four months or whatever. But uh, yeah, excited to... Uh, about what's happening at Vesa Digital, excited about the market, excited about uh, the courses, excited about the white label, but a lot of stuff, you know, so it's going to be a really, really good year. 23 is going to be uh, the best year yet uh, in terms of uh, uh, finances, but also in terms of fun, I think, you know, which is crazy because most companies are not going to say that, right? But uh, we're uh, going to try to provide as much value as possible to all our partners and uh, have fun doing it, right? Because that's what it's all about. I think it's all about having the fun, doing it, and the partners have to feel that fun. Cool. Awesome. That's the key. Cool, Mario. All right, man. All right.